Welcome to the Love Hub Adventure Podcast, where we talk about the marriage relationship, intimacy and marriage, and how you can go deeper with your spouse. And today we're really fortunate that we have Bella Rose on. She is with the Delight Your Marriage Podcast. I've been on our show several times, um, and we're just really excited to have her on the Love Hub Adventure Podcast. Welcome, Bella. Oh, thanks so much, Keely and Austin. I am honored and excited. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. I know. So tell us a little bit about your podcast because it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. I think in internet terms, it does feel like forever. Yeah. Everywhere else, it's like that. It's, it's, it's a classic happened. on the internet. Right. <laughs> yeah. 2015. I, I wrote my book in 2014, Delight Your Husband. And then I started the podcast 2015, Delight Your Marriage. And yes, Keely and I go way back. Loved having her on. And um, yeah, so now, Delight Your Marriage, I started um, coaching uh, shortly after I started the podcast um, around marriage and intimacy. And uh, now we are actually running programs for husbands and programs for wives separately to really train and teach husbands how to love your wife well in the way that she receives love and teach wives how to love your husband well in the way that he receives love. And a heck of a lot of that is around intimacy. But a lot of that is also, especially for husbands, is teaching them why is your wife not interested in sexual intimacy? What is blocking her? Because um, it's hard to know. No one comes out of the womb understanding the other sex, and, and especially if they didn't have good role models as their parents. Um, and obviously in the world, we don't have great role models for that. So I'm thrilled. Um, the podcast is so fun. We're now in the top 1% or I think 0.5% most popular in the world. So it really oh just, gosh. it's crazy. Fantastic. It's just, uh, yeah. And we've got um, heard in 180 countries and yeah, it's just amazing. So I am, I am just, I pinch myself every day. It's just so fun. I know. And we, we've listened to your podcast for a long time, but I don't even know how we initially connected, but I do remember you brought me on to talk specifically about orgasms and this podcast and post and stuff like, I mean, it is what got me kind of like known in the sex world, you know, like, hey, she's the one who talks about orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> like, who can say she's, that's she's that their girl. claim to fame? <laughs> That is amazing. Yes, <laughs> definitely an episode to listen to. <laughs> Very helpful. Was that was it a two parter or was it? I one? think it was. I, like I, was I had say. so much to say. She's like, "All right, let's make this yeah. two episodes." <laughs> I was gonna say, I think I remember there being a part one, part two to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, and we we were living in North Carolina at the time, and we've probably lived in five different places since then. So. We've recorded in a lot of closets. Since yes, then. we've yeah. been in a lot. Of yeah, we really have. <laughs> oh my goodness! So yeah, I love what you are doing with your programs now. Um, I know that a lot of my audience really loves to go to your webinars, and they get a lot of value from that. So I'd really love to, you know, kind of like pick your brain about some of the things that would keep a wife from engaging with her husband sexually because one, obviously he doesn't know. And honestly, I don't know if you've experienced this yourself, but I think sometimes the wife doesn't know either. Mm. Like she really doesn't know. Like, why don't I want to have sex with him? I don't know. Yeah. So give us some, you know, some things that you're seeing and, and educating your people with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, first of all, uh, if you're listening to this, I just want to commend you you're, you are so on the right track. There are so many men 
who don't, who don't seek out answers. They don't do this kind of work. They're not like, what can I do to change it? They just kind of point the finger. And so for a husband to be here listening to this, to, to seek, how can I change? How can I invite this? How can I make this a space where she would want to make love? Because you don't just want her to show up you don't just right. want the duty set. You don't just want her to feel compelled because you've had so many direct conversations that she feels yeah. like, you know, you're going to go cheat on her if not. You know, that's not right. what, what you want as a, as a husband. You really want her to desire it, not only desire it with you, but also to desire it with herself, for herself um, right. to engage and have sexual intimacy be something that's on her mind and a joy for her and something she's looking forward to. So. Um, again, I just want to commend you, dear husband. You're in the right spot. Uh, I, I'm just so thrilled that um, we get to spend some time with you here. Um, so here's, let me just start out with the framework I always teach is, uh, we call it the intimacy framework. And it's this idea, mm. just trying to dumb it down, super simple, of what do women crave and desire um, to feel filled up in their marriage? And what do men desire to feel filled up uh, in their marriage. And so, um, five, love, five love languages are great. I think they're important. Um, but I would actually say that the intimacy framework goes beneath that because I think God designed mm -hmm. men and women very differently to be completely, um, uh, compliments of a whole, you know, I, I really love the uh, original, um, I guess it's Hebrew. <laughs> Is it Adam and Eve? It's the, uh, when it says, I'll, I'll make you a help meet. The actual uh, word is um, Ezar Konegdo. And um, the help piece is actually God is, is um, so helper in that phrase is actually in the Old Testament 16 times. And I think it's three of them describe women and the rest of them are describing God coming as an, as a savior for the people of Israel. Like mm. we're not talking about an assistant. The wife is the assistant to the husband. We're talking about she has a vital role in his life mm. to be who God wants him to be. And Konegdo is an absolute compliment. That's the point of it. It's it's a, an equal part of a whole. And so the just the point of it is that husbands and wives are supposed to be and they were designed to be complementing each other and and fully equal in that. So equal but unique. That is not what I meant to go into, but I did. So there, there we are, Austin. Good ground work. <laughs> Total tangent. But if your wife listening and you're like, I'm almost about to get checked out, I, I just want you to hear, dear wife, I'm on your side too. You deserve to be treated well. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here's the intimacy framework. Um, to feel filled up, a husband needs to feel respected, admired, and wholehearted sexual intimacy in his marriage. Um, we'll talk just a bit about that in, in just a moment, but let me talk about what wives need in terms of this intimacy framework to feel filled up is to feel safe, mm. to feel known, and wholeheartedly cherished. And so let me, if if I can, I'll just go straight into kind of what yeah. that means. Does that work? Share sure, with that. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Okay. So for the husbands, respect, that's, um, you know, when a husband and wife were dating, that was, um, she never told him what to do. She didn't like go clean your room, like go do the dishes. And if I don't do this, do do that. I mean, she wouldn't uh, order him around or mother him or, or say, you know, eat, you're not eating enough greens, like eat your greens. And yet 
women, once they become wives, they're like, oh, I'm responsible to make him do what I want him to do. And we don't realize that's complete disrespect. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I have done that for a very long time. <laughs> I, just, I was like, of course I'm respecting him. Now go do this, what I want you to do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the respect. Um, the admired piece is is a different element, um, I would say, is like he also wants um, a cheerleader. He kind of wants to be that quarterback and he wants you to be on the sidelines like, yeah, babe, you can do it. You're doing awesome. And like he, that she sees his strengths, that she sees how God has created him to be in the world and, and, and help him to see what even he doesn't see in himself. And it's so easy for us as wives to look at our husbands and be like, well, he needs to work on this and this and this, and he has this failings and that, and she's critical and all these things, but that harms him in ways that she can't tell. And so often husbands have this like steel, steel face and they're like, you know, she's reaming him out and he's just like, complete nothing on his face and so she thinks he doesn't hear her so she continues and because I've been in that place I understand um, that it really does hurt and um, you know men in my programs they, they talk to me through tears of how hurtful those sorts of things are um, so then the last thing that of course we're talking about is wholehearted sexual intimacy so again he doesn't just want her to show up he does right. want the frequency um, but he doesn't want it half-hearted. He doesn't want just her body. That feels, that's not making love. That's compulsion. And right. so he wants her to be excited about it. He wants the variety. He wants the fierceness. Um, and so that's the wholehearted piece that I think a lot of people leave out um, of like, go have sex with your husband. It's like, no, like be there mm. because you want to be there and enjoy right. yourself and, and, and exactly. have fun. Like for me, if I wasn't married, I'd, I wouldn't have that strong of a desire, but because I chose to be married, my desire is higher because I choose it. Sure. And I choose a lifestyle that makes me want to make love. And right. So yeah, that's, that's the husband part. Should I move to the wife's part or yeah, did you absolutely. Okay. No, I mean, well, I was just going to say that I think sometimes for men, or, or wives towards men, I think it makes it more difficult for her to be like really sexually active with him if she thinks that he's not like responsible. If she feels like she does have to continually ride his butt over something. And that's, I'm not saying that guys or wives don't need some kick in the pants, but I can definitely see how feeling like she doesn't hear him would be like a real problem, but him shutting down because he's not a child, you know, yeah. definitely big dynamic going on there. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I think um, even moving over to kind of the, the wife section of what she needs to feel fulfilled in her marriage is that safety piece. The first piece of this, um, which to your point, Keely is like, Daddy's going to take care of her. Like, right. You know, if he can't do the dishes for me, can he do other things? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> can you remember to do this? Yeah, I totally understand that. If not really feeling don't safe. Matter, then, you know, the big things right. don't matter either. You're not going right. to catch her in this. You're not going to catch her in that. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the safety, I, I really focus on um, a lot of emotional safety. So, yeah, physical safety is kind of a, hopefully a given, hopefully right, a given. Let's hope. 
Uh, yeah, so, um, but the emotional safety is what a lot of times men miss. And a lot of times it's described as security, which yes, mm -hmm. if, you know, that that's helpful to have, you know, a financial security, that is helpful. But I actually mean safety in that, you care about her heart, you care about her emotions, you ask her how she's feeling and you care when she responds. And when mm -hmm. she's emotional, because God gave her wonderful emotions, God gave men wonderful emotions too, just to be clear. But um, <laughs> I, I happen to cry more than he does. I just happened to. And when he gives me that space and he asks me, what's going on, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, what's at the core, what's my heart going through? Like, that's the most sexy thing ever. Right. Would you agree, this, Keely? <laughs> I would say that this, um, though, can be a difficult for guys to listen because they want to fix it. Not that I don't want to fix things, too. I am definitely a fixer. But if you start pouring out your heart to you, your wife starts pouring out her heart to you and you start trying to fix it, that's not exactly building emotional intimacy. It's just you taking on a role of like a counselor or something like that. It's not that really. Was, that was something that was a real struggle for me uh, for a lot of years was to just hear what she's saying instead of diagnosing what she's saying and, and trying to troubleshoot it and, and whatever, because I hear her hurting right. and I want her to not hurt anymore. So I'm like, let's make sure you never hurt ever again. And it's like, that's, not really what this conversation was and about. And I'm a pretty independent woman, so I'm not super great at taking the advice. So that obviously causes a lot yeah. of friction. Yeah. There's, there's that dynamic. Welcome to the Love Up Adventure podcast where Austin and Keely just be like, here it is. <laughs> yeah, learning learning to, to do that. And not only... <laughs> I I have a tendency to focus on, you know, my failures, my negatives. So if something's going wrong, I have a tendency to say internally, what did I do wrong? How did I, you know, how do I make sure that I don't do that again or find myself in that situation again? And so being a very helpful husband, you know, you want to you know, help your wife grow as a person and be like, yes. <laughs> so, so your wife comes to you and she's like, this terrible thing happened to me today. And I'm like, and what did you do wrong? And that's like <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> It's definitely not, uh, you know, making me feel excited for sex yeah. later on. Especially, especially when you don't just come right out and say, did you have any part in the bad thing that happened to you? You just say, well, I mean, did you do this? And that sounds accusatory. So yeah, it's, you know, sometimes just be quiet and, and listen. <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe you don't need a fix right now. Maybe you can just, maybe you just listen. That's very difficult. I think, but, is that what you're saying with the safety is like building emotional connection where I feel like I can safely share my yeah. emotions and feelings without my husband, A, overreacting yeah. to the situation like about what the other people did and now you think he hates them or, <laughs> you know, accusing you of not doing something. I, that's yeah. what you're talking about with safety here, right? Yeah, I, I, I think, it, yes, Absolutely. And it's, um, it's, it's really this, um, not being judged, you know, because there's a being accepted for who you are, feeling mm -hmm. free to be who you are in your marriage. I mean, that's just like, yeah. it's a dream. You walk into your home and it's like vacation. Like, like, it, isn't that it, what we want? <laughs> it's a dream and it's incredibly difficult to achieve. Mm. It's incredibly difficult on, on both parts, both the person that is 
hearing and the person that is saying something, it can be really challenging so to just be like, I am going to be completely honest at this point and hope that you don't hate me as a result. Right. And that's, uh, and that, I don't, I don't, is there a shortcut to that? Can we, can we solve this real quick? I mean, it a... took us like at least a decade <laughs> to get to the point where we <laughs> could even. Say, like, we didn't discover a way to fix it other than just live together and slug it out for you know, <laughs> 20 years. Uh, and like, we're starting to figure that out now. Slug it out. That made it sound, uh, that put it in a different context, maritally. Slug it out <laughs> as in fighting yeah. the fight together. Right. Not swinging, but, but yeah, it, that building that over time, just, you, it's just work. You just got to do it. I don't know a shortcut to it. Mm, I don't, mm, I don't mm. either. Yeah, I think, and, and I think it's also a discipline of the heart of like, you know, how does Jesus see my spouse? You know, does he see mm. them, you know, with the eyes of forgiveness of he's clean before Jesus? Like, and my role in his life is to attract him towards Jesus through loving him well. Like, if that's my heart towards my husband, it's a very different picture than, I'm going to push him and force him and make him into who right. I think he should be. And it's like, no, he's, he's got the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit's going to do his job and convict. My job is just to love this man well and help him to be all that God wants him to be. And right. what does loving him well look like? Respect, admire, wholehearted sexual intimacy. It's just what right. fills him up and love makes him loved well. And, and so for the, for the wife to feel safe, you know, that's the same thing, the, the being pushed and forced and the direct, you didn't do this, you should do this. Like, honestly, even sending this podcast episode, sorry, Keely, is it okay if I say this? Like, of course. sending her this podcast episode may or may not be helpful. <laughs> Pray about it first. <laughs> Sometimes people do that. They'll be like, um, can you answer this question? And then they'll be like, I showed my spouse this. And, you know, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. It's only ever good if the spouse said, could you please ask her how I can do fill in the blank? And she's too nervous to ask her, my, ask me herself. It almost never goes well the other way. <laughs> it's <tough. laughs> Yeah, it's really tough. But when you love your spouse well, what I see over and over again, and by God's grace, you know, a lot of men and, and Keely, thank you always for, for promoting my stuff and guys come through your stuff um, is, you know, men will have gone literally, I'm just thinking of one off the top of my head, 38 years sexless. So that's, oh you know, goodness. zero to one times a year generally. Um, and uh, he would, or I think it's under 10, but for him, it was zero to four um, at, for 38 years. And he did the program after six months, she started initiating, which she had never mm -hmm. done in their whole marriage. And then wow. after, did I say, so three months, she, I think it was three months she started initiating, six months she decided out of her own initiation that they should make love weekly. Wow, um, good for her. I think another three months, then she joined the women's program. Um, now get this, wow. she did not know he did the program for six months. Well, good for good for him that he didn't use that program. At, like, obviously, he was listening to what you said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Right. right. And he didn't, the thing that I love, like, there's so many men that come to the program without their wives knowing. The reason I love that is because she never feels pressured. She's just uh -huh. never like, oh, he's just doing this for sex. It's not real. That's, it's not genuine. That's the thing I've wondered about is, you know, how, how do you combat that tendency of like, well, I'm going to go take this class and it's going to fix my wife. Right. 
right? Well, the nice thing is um, I don't mind if men come into the program like that, but mm -hmm. after three months, right. we drill it into them that this is not about fixing their wife. This is about fixing them. Because right. the nice thing is men a lot of times are motivated by sex, mm. but they're motivated enough that I, <laughs> if I get to talk to them, I'm like fruits of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. When you look and smell like Jesus, she's going to be interested. <laughs> right. You've got to change your heart. You know, yes, you might start that way because yes, sex fills him up. It's a love. He feels mm -hmm. loved through sex. It's not just a, oh, I, I have a higher drive. No, this is, this is intrinsic in who he is. Jesus was very clear. In Matthew 19, he talked about well, you can be a eunuch by the way you were made or a eunuch because you uh, give up sex for the kingdom of God. Um, or, or it's a gift. You were given the gift of right. essentially celibacy. But Jesus' assumption there is if you're married, you're having sex. Like right. it's either yeah. a gift or it's not. Paul basically makes right. that clear as well. Like it's either a gift that you're able to be celibate or you chose marriage because you were interested in sex. And so it just fills him up. So I don't want to ever shame men for having desire because they should not be. They, they, they were designed to have desire. Porn did not make up sex. <laughs> that right. style of, of sex, I, I call that masculine or fierce sex because often that's what men are interested. They, they were, right. again, designed that way. I, I kind of call feminine or passionate sex more of like Song of Solomon's like romantic, slow, meditative, may or may not right. end an orgasm. Like that's kind of that style, mm -hmm. but uh, it's if we can honor and love each other, we can love each other's styles and learn to do that. Right. All so, right, should I go into the next one? No, go, where yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah, tell us the other things that, that women need so that, that our men can start understanding that a little bit. Yes. Um, so known. Known, I, I mean, I think every wife wants to feel like she is the only one he has eyes oh, yeah. for, right? Absolutely. She, she wants to be the one he dreams about. She wants to be the one he thinks of. He, she wants to be the one that he knows her likes, dislikes, passions, desires, hates, dis, you know, all of that. She wants him to know, and she wants him to care about those things, and she wants him to act in a way that it matters to him. Not because she's told him plenty of times and all this, but like it actually matters, and it informs what gifts he gives her, and it informs right. what choices he makes, and it informs what gifts he sends her just to be silly because he knows her personality and her humor, right? That, that's what we want. We want the... Now, here's the question. What if he's like, well, I don't... I'm not interested in what she has to say. I don't really care about those things. It doesn't matter. You married her. That's your choice. You, right. You get to do. <laughs> I'm amazed, utterly amazed at the number of like even dating couples where you'll ask the guy like, well, tell us something about her or what she likes or whatever. And they can't tell you anything. And I'm like, all right, well, this isn't a relationship. Sorry, but I mean, I even saw people that I knew couple wise and the guys just, it seemed like they just didn't understand their wives. Like you get to know the wife and you're like, do you even know her at all? You know, like, how do you not know that what you just said is going to trigger her? I'm right. sorry. Like I know that and I'm not married to her and haven't, right. you know, like, how do you not know? <laughs> right. And I, and I think the main thing 
is that, you know, a lot of men, especially in our generation, have been raised on porn. They have not witnessed good role models. There's so many men who they just don't understand these things. And just like so many women that don't understand these things. And we're, we're dealing with two individuals who have never been trained on how to be married. And we expect them to do well in a marriage. And it's just like, what? Right. of course not. You are completely different humans. Um, so, uh, and designed that way. Uh, designed to be very, very, very different. Um, so anyway, I, I, I just want to encourage a husband listening, like you can figure this out. Just start studying your wife, get, get a little note on your phone and just start writing out when she says, Oh, did I lose you? Do you, do we pause it? Okay. We had a little bit of a hiccup there. Um, I'm not sure how much of that got cut off. Bella, do you remember where, where you were? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just want to encourage the gentleman listening. If you feel like you're too far gone, you know, you feel like you were, like I said, raised on porn. How, how in the world does a woman really work? No, it doesn't work that way. But um, all you need to do, let, let me give you a very, very practical thing. Use a note on your phone, open it up. And when she says something along the lines of like, oh, that looks really cool. I like that. Write it down. Uh -huh. Just yeah. write it down. Uh, and, and slowly get those things. Or she's like, oh, I hate blah, 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 blah. And you just get this curious, like a detective mindset on like, okay, what are her likes? What are her dislikes? What does she hate? What, what, what is her um, favorite type of, whether it's jewelry or clothing or shoes or whatever not that you would necessarily pick out her shoes by, not by totally. the way i take take this same idea I, I like this of just sort of like taking notes like it's you know like you're back in algebra you know take notes on your wife <laughs> um i used to jokingly say keely's my favorite subject and i get to study her for the rest of my life <laughs> but take that and and guys pro tip just a quick practical thing if she ever ever says oh i sure would like one of those put it in that note app because Mother's Day is coming, birthday is coming, <laughs> yeah. Christmas is coming. And if she ever mentions it, the tricky thing is she can't buy it in the meantime. Yeah. That's Keely's problem. She goes, I sure would like this. And I'm like, Mother's Day is and four weeks away. And then I get away. it, right? I just have to assume that she won't buy it in the next four weeks and then I can pull this off. But yeah, I love the idea of, uh, you're talking about, you know, wives want to be known. And yeah, man, like guys, take notes. That's fine write things down, um, you know, make, make mental notes, snapshots, whatever you got to do and refer back to those things. Because, um, was it, I think it was Tim Hawkins used to have a bit about how he memorized his wife's Starbucks drink and it blew <laughs> her mind because he ordered it in the drive-thru one day. Little things like that are, are it just is. so helpful. It is the little things, Austin. That's exactly right. And so often men want to whoosh in with the big whatever big purchase of a car or something and like right. that just gives you as stuff. much points as the little thing like you got right. just as much points that's going to fade in a week so right. so just like you can just do consistent little things that's what makes her feel safe like that's when right. these like two categories meld together like and wholeheartedly cherished actually <laughs> to be quite honest right. but like they start melding together like um when she knows you're consistent, you're consistently thinking about her. You consistently want to surprise her. That's when she like relaxes in, ah, I'm really loved. I'm right. really, really held in this relationship. 
Um, so, and so, yeah, that goes into the wholeheartedly cherish. So that's the romance. That's why us women, our guilty pleasure is chick flicks. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. Um, See, everybody talks about what, how porn destroyed men's understanding of sex. Nobody ever talks about rom-coms destroying women's understanding of romance. Nobody ever brings that one up. Well, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I watched some chick flicks, but I watched my parents, you know, and that was like kind of like my standard of romance. Yeah. And, you know, it I was. I that on that one. Yeah, definitely. I've never once had to chase her through an airport. Oh, yeah. He's never chased me anywhere. <laughs> There's still time, Austin. There's still There's time. He's not picking me up either. Uh, it's not going to happen. She doesn't like it when He does it sometimes, and I'm like, ah! It's not fun nor romantic. And I'm like, how are they doing this in the movies? How does anybody like this? How does anybody like this? That's where the known comes in. That's where the known Keely's different than the rest of them, right? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. I'm different than the rest of them. She's a touch me not. Yes, oh but rom-coms really do give some good ideas. So sure. I'm not a huge fan. We've, we're definitely uh, superhero movies in this family, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> Very uh, normal, I guess. Um, but um, my, uh, yeah, the, the point is that'll give you a lot of ideas, but she wants to be wholeheartedly cheer. She wants to be, again, the one on your mind. Um, she wants surprises. She wants um, dates. But she, the reason it's wholehearted is like, you need to want to be there. Right. It needs to be wholehearted, right? It's different than um, you take her to the fancy restaurant and you're just like on your phone, distracted, right. you're da da da. Okay, physically she may be filled. She may have eaten her food, but emotionally, it's not fulfilling. And now, let me metaphor that into wholehearted sexual intimacy. Physically, she may have shown up for you, but if she wasn't there and engaged and enjoying and pursuing and maybe even fierce, um, right. it's not going to be fulfilling for him. So if we can right. just translate that into, you want to cherish her because you want to. You want to be that man for her. That, that challenges all of us. So again, with... How, what, how do you get motivated to do all this stuff for your wife? Um, first of all, you got to forgive her. You can't, you can't do this out of an empty tank of you're carrying on all these rocks of hurts and wounds in the past. You're coming to your, her wife fully exhausted and like, I've done all these things for you. Why aren't you giving me what I need? That's never going to work. Right. You're never going to yeah. be motivated by this. Um, and that's why, you know, we who follow Jesus, like, he models it. You have to forgive first. And then you do first. You die to yourself and you right. love first without yeah. expectation. And then you just let God do what he only he can do. Right. I think that's so, so important. And I, I have a lot of men write in and ask me, you know, like, what can I do to spice up things in our life or whatever? And I always just think, that's probably the wrong place for him to start. If he wants to spice up his sex life. And, and I told a reader this the other day because he said everything in their sex was very boring and, and routine and all this. And I said, well, why don't you take a look at the rest of your life? Is the rest of your life boring and routine? Because mm. if so, that is absolutely going to translate into what you're doing sexually. You can't come to your wife and entice her to be more adventurous and sexual with you if every day is just the same thing. You know, you have to be willing to 
build that relationship. So the chances are that the relationship in and of itself is probably not in an exciting moment. So of course the sex life is going to suffer because she isn't feeling excited or particularly loved. Not that she doesn't feel loved. I'm just saying she's not feeling like loved in the way where she's going to feel like um, aroused. And that's what I think a husband has to do is get to a point where he's loving his wife in a way where she is feeling aroused by that love, Mm -hmm. at least emotionally, if she's not physically there, but uh, emotional arousal is where I think it starts. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely the way she feels in the marriage either moves her towards sex or moves it away, moves her away from it. So what are some of the common reasons that you find women are saying no to their husbands for sex or whatever that looks like, whether it's completely sexless or maybe she's turning them down 50% of the time or whatever, like whatever that dynamic is? Yeah. I mean, the thing that men often do without realizing it is they undermine her feelings of safety. And so um, this is probably the biggest thing that, you know, maybe they're like, yeah, I take her on dates all the time and I, I do all this stuff and I, you know, I'm the best husband on the block. Everyone thinks I'm amazing <laughs> except for, that should be a, that should be a book, right? Best husband on the block. That's right. <laughs> should totally be a book. Writing it down. That's right. It's my next book. <laughs> That's right. We'll co-author it, Keely. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, so he's like, you know, I'm the best. You know, I do all this stuff, but yet she won't have sex with me. And every time we talk about it, she shuts down and she won't she won't talk about it or she feels right. like she's not good enough. Um, or she thinks sex is dirty or she thinks what I want is sinful. And um, so all of those things only can be addressed when, when I talk about the marital health spectrum. So I, I kind of uh, approach things like, zero to 10, 10 being your marriage is the best of the best of the best and zero you're on, on the way to divorce, you know? So in a scale of zero to 10, you really need to think about a different strategy from where you are. So what sadly I think happens a lot is that marriages, marriage experts who are nine out of 10 married folks or 10 out of 10 married folks, they tell the person who's struggling at a three out of 10, the advice that they do in their marriage. And it's like, yeah, it works for you guys because you've done all this work. Kind of like right. you guys have done all this work. So you've got this amazing right. marriage. And so somebody at like two or three out of 10, a lot of times they're like, if I talk to her, honestly, she's going to throw me out of the house. Like, right. I don't know. How do I do this? Right. Um, and so the idea is that I, I always say, um, Openness is different than honesty. You want to always be honest with your spouse, but the level of openness has to be based on wisdom. It has to be based on where you are on your marital health spectrum. So my husband and I, I get to be way more open. Like I want everyone in their marriage to get to a place where they're open with their spouse. But for somebody who's like two out of three, you know, two to three to four to five to six, like they need to be open about the good Keely, like you're talking about, I mean, the playfulness, the the compliments, the good, that kind of stuff. And eventually as it gets healed and they focus on the love and investing in the love in these ways that we're talking about the intimacy framework, they'll get to a place where they do get to a healthy area and they can share like, 
you know, honey, I love the way you're doing these things. I feel so close to you and intimacy is amazing. And I'm curious what you think about this new thing or this way or that way. And, but you have to really invest and it takes time, but you have to get to a spot where that conversation will be received well. I and again, you by also ahead, have you. to heal the hurts. I mean, you cannot, you said something no. that was so, I think, important that is not shared enough because I have watched couples who were not in a great place in the marriage and have them be way too honest, <laughs> sharing yeah. way more yeah. than they should have ever shared. And unfortunately, putting nails in the coffin only led to greater hurt. Yeah. And I mean, it's not really a very good idea for a wife whose husband is coming to her sexually to say, well, you only want this because of porn. You know, that's not a good place for her. Um, and it's not a good place for a husband to say to a wife something is equally hurtful that's attacking something. I heard somebody years ago say, um, what was it? Honesty. No, love without honesty is sentimentality. But honesty without love is brutality. Oof. And sometimes yeah like if the if if the foundation of love is not there it's not the time to be you, super you just open cannot and honest be super honest and just like, like that i'm going to i'm going to dump this on you because we should be honest it's like yeah but are they ready for that because they don't maybe they don't trust you right now right. or they don't like you're saying they don't feel secure right now and they're like there are things that i can say to keely that are difficult but I can say that to her because of a foundation of, you know, decades of building trust and security with each other. And she can come to me and she can tell me, you know, this, this very difficult thing because she knows how, well, she has an idea of how I'm going to respond because she shared other things with me. If we're yeah. in, if we're at the lowest point in our marriage, maybe that's not the time to be like, and another thing, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> You just got to think about it. How does your spouse respond? Because this happens all the time. Like you were saying, the husband will say, I'll try to talk to my wife about sex, but she is reacting about it. And I'm like, okay, well, then it's probably time for y'all to stop talking about sex. Let's talk about what's actually going yeah. on. Okay, well, why is she like this? There's obviously some hurt there. Yeah. Wh whatever that looks like, I, I don't know. So yep. I got to gauge it. <laughs> It, it really is. I mean, and that's why, again, like we've got to cling to Jesus for all of this strength, all of this insight, all of this wisdom. Like, right. We can't do this thing by ourselves. That's, that's why it's, it's so special that we have that opportunity to, to walk with Jesus on this. Like, okay, God, even in the midst of an almost argument when you're like, okay, should I share that? Should I not? No, I don't think right now. No, let me, let me bite my tongue. No, yeah, what I'm should talk I say? Right. I mean, start that before you have that conversation, pray about it. I think that will honestly change the way the conversations happen. And when I ever have a couple that's like really like struggling with their relationship, I basically say, don't have any spontaneous conversations that you didn't pray about or think about in advance. Okay. This is like the worst thing for you to do. Amen, sister. That is like, so true. Do not just, wing it. Just go to bed angry sometimes. Yeah, just go it's to okay. bed. Okay. Right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, you know, um, you know, be angry and do not sin, right? I mean, right. we the feelings are okay. It's what you right. do with the feelings are so vital. Like, have the angry feelings and don't hurt somebody, aka your wife. 
talk yeah. to your friend, walk outside, do something to cool off, you know? Um, yeah, no, I, and, and again, um, I just want to, again, thank you, Keely and, and Austin for this. This is just amazing to talk to your folks, but, um, I just want to also the listener, like, I hope that this conversation encourages you that most important, if you don't get anything out of this is that there is hope for you. There is hope if you are in a sexless marriage, if you were in a marriage that has you've, you're living in different rooms, if you're in a marriage that maybe it's good and you've done all the things, but it's never been passionate and it's never been intimate and she just does it out of duty, there is still hope for you. And may this journey draw you closer to who Jesus wants you to be. And that's really the motivation. And God cares a lot more about your heart than about your sex life, but it's a good motivator. Right. I'll tell you that. Yes. I, I always say it's kind of like being hungry. You know, the one who's hungry is usually the one who's going to instigate getting food together or cooking or whatever <laughs> else. And um, the person who has that higher drive, like they're the hungry one. And so it's not even a question. They're not going to skip eating because why they're hungry. But the one who is the sexual responder and maybe has to be like, you know, invited into a nice sexual um, situation, they start eating and they realize how hungry they were, but they aren't instigating it because it's simply not on their mind. Yeah. Um, unless you do like what I recommend for that sexual responder is that is to create a schedule, put it on your calendar, you know, the same way you would create a dinner menu and you're just following that menu or whatever. Um, that will get you thinking about it in advance. So, um, so Bella, is there anything else that you would like to just share before we wrap it up and tell everybody how to find you? Oh, fun. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's really that, um, nothing comes in this life without faith. You have faith that the light is going to turn on when you click the switch. <laughs> You've got faith that your engine's going to turn over when you use the key. Like this will not change unless you dear listener have faith that it could. Uh, mm -hmm. Keely, Austin, myself, we've seen these things happen. That's why we can say with confidence, this can change, but you yourself have to discipline your own heart to say, mm -hmm. hey, it's a new day. God is doing a new thing. You have to choose faith so that then you can do, you know, the forgiveness and then the hard work of, of changing it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Um, I can't wait to release this episode and get feedback. If someone wants to subscribe to your podcast, check out uh, your groups or whatever it is that you've got going on, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the free podcast, delightyourmarriage.com, easiest way to, to click the information there. Um, and then if you want to know about how to actually get involved, um, we do a free clarity call. It's a $300 value and a clarity advisor that I've trained who has actually gone through a program themselves and seen transformation in their own marriages will have a call with you to just listen and to just see what you're going through. And a lot of times people who have never had anyone to share this with, a safe, confidential, judgment-free place, um, they'll just be able to share. And whether or not our programs are right for them, it may or may not be right for them. Um, but by God's grace, this is a, a free gift that people get to actually hear um, 
And, and then, yeah, the clarity advisor will decide, is that person right for a program and what program? And, and they can kind of have that conversation. But even those that it wasn't really the right spot, they've come back afterwards and been like, that clarity call was amazing. I, I, one guy <laughs> told me the other day, or told my clarity advisor, I will remember it for the rest of my life. <laughs> it was Aww. just amazing. And he didn't join a program. Bless so. his heart. So yeah, you know, God is good. It's probably an indication of somebody who just needed a little extra help and and that's where you got it and and a lot of people who come to our podcast and your podcast we just say things and it's like that thing that clicks right and i don't know about you but looking back and you're like what was it that changed and why was this so hard before that change and you can't even remember yeah like why, why was it so hard um, so I will put all of those links in the show notes. So if you are trying to find out, you know, where her podcast is or um, the Clarity Call and everything and get hooked in that way, that would be amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. And we can't wait to talk with you soon. Oh, thank you, Keely. Thank you, Austin. You guys are just fantastic. And the insights were awesome. I'm so grateful. Thanks so much. Bye.